Welcome to our service this morning here at McQuanago Baptist Church. It's good to have each one of you with us. We'll begin with hymn number 33 in the Blue Hymnals. Hymn number 33, Stand up and bless the Lord, ye people of His choice. It says in Psalm 103, To bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Let's stand up, please, as we sing hymn number 33, Stand Up and Bless the Lord. Stand up. Oh, 
Thank you for your good singing. You may be seated. All right, we want to welcome you to the service today in the house of the Lord. This morning we're going to read, uh, begin the scripture by the, the service by reading the scripture, and we're going to be in the book of Leviticus this morning, and uh, we are going to read a very um, uh, significant uh, passage, um, Leviticus chapter 21. Leviticus chapter 21. And we'll be preaching on this passage today, uh, but uh, um, here is a passage that really emphasizes the holiness of God. And uh, you'll see it from many different angles in this passage this morning. And uh, we'll read that uh, responsively. Leviticus chapter 21. And I'll read the first and uh, odd-numbered verses. The congregation will read the second and the even-numbered verses. Let's stand as we read God's word. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say unto them, There shall none be defiled for the dead among his people. And for his sister, a virgin, that is nigh unto him, which hath had no husband, for her may he be defiled. They shall not make baldness upon their head, neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. They shall not take a wife that is a whore or profane, neither shall they take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his God. And the daughter of any priest, if she profane herself by playing the whore, she profaneth her father, she shall be burnt with fire. And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes. Neither shall he go in to any dead body, nor defile himself for his father or for his mother. Neither shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God, for the crown of the anointing oil of his God is upon him. 
and he shall take a wife in her virginity. Neither shall he profane his seed among his people, for I, the Lord, do sanctify him. Speak unto Aaron, saying, Whosoever he be of thy seed in their generations that hath any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. Or a man that is broken footed or broken handed. No man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron the priest shall come nigh to offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire. He hath a blemish, he shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his God. Only he shall not go in unto the veil, nor come nigh unto the altar, because he hath a blemish, that he may profane not my sanctuaries, for I, the Lord, do sanctify them. And Moses told it unto Aaron and to his sons and to all the children of Israel. May God bless the reading of the word of God. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here in the house of God. And Lord, uh, uh, we thank you that uh, the word of God uh, is a precious uh, gift from you and is a revelation of you and of your will and of your ways. And Lord, we pray that uh, as uh, uh, we study and investigate uh, this passage of scripture and those related to it, that we will recognize that you are a holy God. And may we, Lord, uh, realize the grace of God in sending the Lord Jesus, that he would die for our sins, that we who are with blemish, many blemishes, Lord, would be able to be saved and have direct approach to a holy God through the holy son of God the perfect sacrifice for our sins and Lord in this day in which much of our world has a very low view of God and really where much of Christianity has a very low view of God and we've been raised in a culture that has a very low view of you. And we live in a, in a day in which so much Christian music has a very low view of God. has been attacked in every way. Lord, uh, might you be lifted up today. Might our understanding be increased. Might our awe of you be increased. And may, Lord, your Holy Spirit minister to our hearts through the word of God today. Might it point us 
to the Lord Jesus and to your grace and mercy to us sinners. We would pray today, Lord, for our country that in many cases has outlawed God, has become a country of atheists, secularists, and uh, a worshiper of, of false gods, perverse and profane. Lord, we are embarrassed um, as people who love our country. We're embarrassed by our State Department. We're embarrassed by uh, those who perpetrate perversion uh, all across the world in the name and with our tax dollars. Lord, you see it from heaven. Lord, uh, might you rise up and show that you're still a righteous God. And, and Lord, we don't really know how to pray because we know that none of us are worthy of your mercy and that you're not willing that any should perish. But Lord, uh, we'd pray that you'd rise up in this day and uh, show yourself great. And if need be, Lord, uh, uh, some evil uh, be judged in this world, even in Washington, D.C., Lord. And Lord, um, we would uh, pray your blessing upon the work of God in this place. Lord, uh, we think of uh, uh, the many souls that uh, are in this area that need Jesus Christ. We think of the many people who've been given tracts, people have sought to witness to them, and many of them, Lord, uh, have brushed it off. But Lord, we need uh, you to be present, and you be working, uh, showing people the emptiness of life, the sinfulness of sin, their need of a Savior. And Lord, so work in our community, work in our nation, Lord, and bring our nation, uh, Lord, if our nation won't turn to thee, may, might there be a great remnant that will, Lord. And we pray, Lord, for our young people. Lord, help uh, us as a people not to be um, influenced by our wicked culture and uh, help us not to be like Lot, who by seeing and hearing all the wicked deeds of Sodom, not only vexed his soul, but he wore out his soul, Lord, and lost his sense of holiness and morality. Lord, help us not to be uh, neutral in this world, but alert and with eyes open and watching and guarding our soul uh, lest we be influenced. We pray for you new believers. Lord, um, help them to be in the word of God. We know that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And that, Lord, uh, all the, the experiences of life and information that's around us needs to go through the filter of the word of God that we might be clean and thinking right. We pray today, Lord, for our missionaries, ask your blessing upon their work. Lord, uh, as foreigners in a foreign land, uh, they need uh, your special power upon their ministry. 
that people would hear and believe the word of God. And we ask that you would work in a very special way in, the, in our missionaries in Africa. Lord, as they seek to see souls get saved in a dysfunctional society, Lord, might you raise up young men who will stand, be men of God, who will be like Isaiah, who will get a real sense of the God of heaven and get to know him and, Lord, uh, uh, stand for him. We ask, Lord, that you be with those that um, are battling different kinds of uh, sicknesses, situations. Lord, I pray that you'd uh, um, give them healing. We pray for those uh, on the live stream today. Lord, it's not like the same being in church, but I pray that you would minister to them in a special way. Pray for Kathy, Lord, and those battling cancer, and George, uh, uh, many battles in his life. Lord, give them special strength from you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Lord, might it be so. And we ask, Lord, that you would uh, 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 be uh, with righteous people who are trying to stand for God in this day, whether it be, Lord, standing for right in uh, our school boards or whether it be in local elections or whether it be wherever it might be, Lord, give them vi uh, strength, give them uh, a sense of, of purpose, and Lord, Help us, Lord, to be people of purpose, to be a light for Jesus Christ in a dark day. Bless this service, Lord. Might you give us some great victories today. In Jesus' name, amen.
take your hymnals, turn to hymn number 10. Hymn number 10 in the blue hymnals. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Hymn number 10. invite you to be back with us tonight in God's house at 630. We'll have our regular evening service and we'll gather again to worship the Lord. There will be a regular choir practices at 545 for the children's choir and then adult choir and so I encourage you to remember those times tonight. On Friday there will be kids club again on Friday night at six o'clock and then we're looking forward to Saturday will be the start of our family seminar and family uh, day weekend uh, with Pastor S.M. Davis. At 6 o'clock on Saturday night, we'll be having a special session here, and he'll be speaking. And I just want to encourage uh, everybody to uh, is able to join us for that, to be here. You'll really enjoy Pastor Davis if you haven't heard him, and I know many of you are familiar with him, and he's been a blessing to many. So I'd like to encourage you to be here with us for this special family emphasis next Saturday at 6 o'clock, and then all day Sunday, he'll be speaking in all three uh, uh, services and uh, just to, uh, we want to have a special emphasis for our mor- Sunday morning service, Family Day, and encourage you to grab a flyer. There's some in the lobby, and be inviting families and people that you know out for that. And we'll have a special meal after that morning service. And uh, so we're just looking forward to a special time next weekend with Pastor Davis here at the church. And trust that it'll just be an encouragement to our families and to our homes 
And it would really be a blessing for everybody to hear the Word of God, and, but we want to have that emphasis on the family, and so we trust that there will be some visitors here as well for that. Uh, just one correction from the bulletin that I was made aware of. Uh, the building fund invest, uh, there's 20000 That should technically be in just the building fund, not the building fund invest. Uh, so just wanted to clarify that in case anybody had questions about that. Thank you. All right, this time we'll sing the doxology as we prepare our hearts for the offering. It's located in the front inside cover of the blue hymnals. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let's stand, please, as we sing. together. Our Father, we're so thankful for the truths that we have already heard in Sunday school. We are looking forward to getting a clearer vision of the holiness of God this morning. I pray as we come to worship you, will we worship you in truth? And that, Lord, maybe someone that is here for the first time or maybe for a long time that has not yet understood the holiness of God. Lord, I pray this would be a glorious time of victory and decision. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we pray now your blessing upon this offering. Lord, give as it would help us to give as it would please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. 
Let's take your hymn, we'll turn to hymn 122. And as you do so, the young people, third grade and below, may be dismissed down to Children's Church. 122, why did they nail him to Calvary's tree? To all my iniquities on him were, were laid. He nailed them all to the tree. Hymn 122. sing that second stanza and really uh, puts his great love in perspective of us is, you know, why should he love me, a sinner undone, on that second stanza. Why should he love me, a sinner Shadows a dry, thirsty land. 
he hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me blessings each moment he crowns and filled with his fullness divine I sing in my rapture all glory to God for such a redeemer as mine he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. When clothed in his brightness, transported I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky. His perfect salvation, his wonderful love, I'll shout with the millions on high. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. That shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me Well, we're going to be in the book of Leviticus today in a number of uh, places, but uh, we are um, <clears throat> going to give an introduction from another place. So uh, if you would, turn your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to give some introduction here to um, the book, uh, book of Leviticus. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, <clears throat> talked about the Lord Jesus Christ being offered on the cross of Calvary as the payment of our sin. And it tells us <clears throat> in verse 18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed, that's bought out of your the slavery of sin with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain or empty conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, 
as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the offering of God without blemish and without spot. Um, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, go back a little bit, book of Hebrews. And verse uh, chapter 9, it says here, there's so many things to give as a, um, a, a uh, background, but it says, verse 14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Christ, who offered himself without spot, that was the Lord Jesus Christ, a perfect sacrifice for sins. The Bible tells us <clears throat> that the um, uh, the tabernacle was a picture of heaven, and the worship of the tabernacle that we're going to be looking at was a picture of the realities of of heaven and of God. Hebrews nine verse twenty four. It says. Um, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, not like the earthly tabernacle, which are figures of the true. And I guess we should have had a, a picture up here of the tabernacle, and uh, <clears throat> maybe we need to do that, because every Christian needs to have a picture of the Old Testament tabernacle in their mind. And uh, every aspect of it, every piece of furniture to understand the Bible and understand God and understand the, the approach to God. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, like the high priest did, who went into the Holy of Holies once a year uh, to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people, which are figures of the true. Now, in other words, they are symbolical. They point to the true um, holy place that's in heaven but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. There we have some, just a couple verses here um, of, uh, of introduction uh, to uh, what we're going to talk about. Now, if you turn back to Ephesians chapter 2, Now, read a couple of verses there. In Ephesians chapter 2, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, for even when we are dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. 
and hath raised up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And what we're going to look at today is emphasizing the grace of God that we as sinners could come into the presence of a holy God. For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace, for by grace, unmerited, undeserved. And what we're going to study in the book of uh, um, Leviticus shows us how holy God is. And so how impossible it would be for sinful men to have relationship with him. For by grace are you saved through faith and not not of yourselves. Is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The gift of eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. But as many as received him, that's Jesus Christ. Those that received him as their Lord and Savior. Personally, by faith, willfully, knowingly, call upon Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. For by grace are you saved through faith. Now, if we go back to Leviticus, and there's some things in this chapter that are a little bit overwhelming, perhaps. But... um, If we look at, uh, we're going to start with verse 23 of chapter 21. And it's talking about the high priest. It says, only he shall not go into the veil, nor come nigh unto the altar. This is talking about the holy of holies, the veil between the holy place and the holy of holies. Nor come nigh unto the altar. Because he hath a blemish, that he may profane not my sanctuaries. For I, the Lord, do sanctify them. Wow. That he profane not my sanctuaries. For I, the Lord, do sanctify them. A sanctuary is something that has been set apart by God from the common, from the ordinary, from the sinful, It has been set apart by God from the sinful and the profane and has been set apart to be used exclusively for a holy God. The sanctuary, we talked about how the tabernacle had a courtyard and around that courtyard there was a high fence, 10 foot tall. The reason that that fence was 10 foot wall, so nobody could look in. There was only one way you could come uh, look in there at all, and that is at the gate. And at the gate was the altar of burnt sacrifice. That's the only way into that place. There's no other way. Sinful man couldn't look on a holy God. And a sinful man couldn't look on anything about a holy God. There was only one way that man could approach God, and that is through the sacrifice at the altar of burnt offering, a picture of Jesus Christ 
who is going to die on the cross. Now, <clears throat> um, now, we have a lot of regulations presented here today about uh, the worship of that uh, uh, place. And uh, um, what is God saying? Of course, let's go back a couple verses. Let's go um, back to uh, um, chapter 19, verse 2. This is the key verse of the book of Leviticus. And isn't it amazing that uh, um, how few of um, the um, preachers today, even on the radio, preach on Leviticus? You ever thought about that? Um, this is the foundational truth um, of, uh, of much of the worship of God, this book. Leviticus 19.2, it says, Speak unto the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Now you say, well, that's just an Old Testament passage. Well, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse um, 16 is a New Testament passage. And 1 Peter 1 and uh, verse, 16, verse 15, it says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written. Oh, where was that written? Leviticus 19.2. This outdated, this unapplicable, remote book in the Bible that doesn't have anything to do with anything today? No, because where was it written? Leviticus 19.2. But ye be ye holy, for I am holy. The foundation. Build a house without a foundation and it's not going to stand in the storm, is it? And you've got to have a foundation for your Christian understanding. And so um, Leviticus chapter 20 and verse number 7. Sanctify yourselves. That means set apart yourself from that which is evil. And, set, and, and uh, therefore, and be holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. Now, as we begin to... Uh, study this passage of Scripture today, I have a purpose. I'm going to tell you what my purpose is. <clears throat> my purpose is to lift up your view of God. My purpose is to lift up, hopefully, your view of God. And <clears throat> um, we have a problem today in Christianity, a low view of God. And the reason is because people don't know who God is. And there's only one place where you learn who God is, and that's in the Bible. And uh, there's one book in particular in the Old Testament that truly uh, lifts up um, the very uh, uh, concept of God and who He is. And so um, my purpose today is to lift up your view of God. And as we lift up our view of God, uh, certainly uh, we will um, be lift up our understanding of Jesus Christ and who he is and God's mercy and grace to us. So <clears throat> let's look at, um, let's get a, a view of, of God here. And maybe we'll start off with the most um, 
uh, profound, maybe, or unusual uh, part of this passage. But we want to talk about uh, um, the, the priest, the high priest. And we're going to look at the high priest, the, the one the, of the tribe of Aaron, the whole tribe of Levi's, Levites were the ones who were in charge of the worship of God. That's what this book is about, Leviticus. It's about the tribe of Levi who were in charge of the worship of God. Okay? That's where you get the book Leviticus from. But in the tribe of Levi, there was one family, um, and that was the son of there were the sons of Aaron. And the sons of Aaron were the only ones that were allowed to be the high priests. The other Levites um, were able to uh, do things around the tabernacle and care for the tabernacle, but only the priests, only the priests, and only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year. Now, we're going to learn something about the, whole, the high priest. Now, what high priest went into the Holy of Holies? Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ took his blood to heaven and presented it to God the Father. Now, this is important because the high priest represents Jesus Christ. The Holy of Holies was the very presence of a holy God. The altar there was called the mercy seat. It was made out of gold. It represented the holy presence of God. It was guarded by the cherubim. Only that which is holy would come there. And uh, <clears throat> that's what their job in heaven is, the cherubim. So let's look at the priest, the high priest. Verse 20, 17 of chapter 21. Speak unto Aaron, saying, Whosoever he be of the seed in thy generations that hath any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. Oh, here they have the altar of incense and the altar of, uh, of showbread. The priests could go there. It says, Whatsoever man he be that hath a blemish, he shall not approach. A blind man or a lame or he that hath a flat nose or anything superfluous. Or a man that is broken-footed or broken-handed. Or a crookback or a dwarf. Or that hath any blemish, hath a blemish in his eye or be scurvy or scabbed, etc. No man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron, the priest, shall come nigh to offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire. Wow. Why? Why? You had a crooked hand or crooked arm? You had a birth defect? Why? All those things are because of sin. 
As by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. The degeneration of our human genetics was darkened by sin. The human race is getting weaker and weaker. Blemishes, mutations do not improve the human race. They are defects. You pass them on to your children. And if we didn't have modern medicine, wow, we'd be in big trouble. The human race is um, uh, getting weaker all the time. It's one sign that there's not much time left. And what, by the way, that's the opposite of the lie of evolution. The facts all um, con are contrary to the lie of evolution. He says now, this person can't go and bring, bring an offering, can't go into the presence of God. Why? Because God's holy. Now, of course, it pictures Jesus Christ. He is the only one that's qualified to shed his blood for our sin because he's the Son of God. He's the perfect divine Son of God. Uh, folks, there's only one religion in the world that is legitimate. That's Christianity. Because there's only one possible Savior of man's sin. That's Jesus Christ. Only one possible Savior. He had to be the perfect Son of God. Man is born blemished. Isn't he? Man is born a sinner. And the best man is still a sinner. But Jesus was the Son of God. And his divine blood was shed on the cross as the only possible payment for our sin. All other religion is bankrupt. It has no possibility of saving anybody's soul. Period. That's it. Now, the priest <clears throat> um, had to be perfect physically. Why? Because it was a holy God. A blemish was a, was a result of sin that came into the human race. That blemish couldn't come into the presence of God. And that blemish couldn't represent Jesus Christ. That had to be very profound thought. Oh. This son of Aaron descended, nope, he can't, he can't do it. He's got a blemish. He can't do it. He's got three toes that um, 
are joined together. He can't do it. He's got a blemish. There's a mutation there. Can't come into the presence of God. Now, <clears throat> neither this holiness of God is also shown by the wife of the priest. Verse uh, tw- 12. And he shall take a wife in her virginity. Is that important? Yeah. You know, Hollywood doesn't know anything about that. Why would you want to watch that filth? They don't know anything about virginity. A widow or a divorced woman or profane or harlot, these shall he not take. He shall take a virgin of his own people to wife. Wow. The wife of the priest. Remember Leviticus 10, 9 and 10. Let's go back there. Leviticus 10, 9 and 10. Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when you go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. Sounds to me like total abstinence. Why? God's a holy God. And you have some alcohol in your breath, and you go into the, into the presence of God, you're going to die. That's what, that was the law of the high priest. God's holy. Taking the beverage that God gave people, grape juice, one of the most uh, healthy beverages that man can have, and to rebel against God, and to make alcohol on it, that's the purpose of, to deaden your brain, to bring you into addiction, to re- cause you to re- rebel, which is a part of rebellion against God, to go into God's presence with that? No! <clears throat> it says, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, that you may what? Now here's the big one. That you may put a difference between the holy and the unholy. You know what this is saying? This is for the purpose for you to show who God is. People need to have the right image of who God is. Now, <clears throat> let's go here. A widow. He shall not take a wife and a virgin. He shall take her a pure virgin woman to be his wife. What does it have to do with the high priest? Hmm. Because it reflects on the image of God. 
It reflects on the image of God. You know how this works? I'm getting the application ahead of the, the conclusion. <clears throat> but here you go. Someone gets saved. God calls them to preach. Here's a young lady. She gets saved. And uh, she got saved out of heathenism. Maybe a family where they were far from God. Maybe gets saved at 18. Goes to Bible college. And meets this young man going to be a preacher. And um, she's only, you know, a few years old in the Lord. And she marries this preacher. And lo and behold, in the process of time, they become pastor and a pastor's wife. She's only a few years old in the Lord. And she's got a lot of worldly thinking that never got out. Maybe it's reflected in her dress. Maybe it's reflected in things she does. But now she's the holy lady. Now the people that get saved in that church say, you know, whatever she does, that must be right. She's the holy lady. Whatever she does is right. That's the problem with Christianity. We forget that the image of God is sacred. And all of this is to maintain a sacred and high view of God. One of the big problems today is that many ministers don't have a very high view of God. They don't have a very high view of God. They need to go back to the Bible and get a high view of God. Well, to me, this pretty, paints a pretty high view of God. This, uh, the, the wife of the priest. Now, <clears throat> let's look at... Um, uh, the conduct of the priest. Leviticus chapter 21, it says, verse 1, There shall be none defiled for the dead among his people, but for his kin that is near unto him, that is, for his mother, for his father, for his son, for his daughter, and for his brother, and for his sisters a virgin. He shall not defile himself, being chief among his people, to profane himself. Oh. Well, you know what? If you touch a dead body, you're defiled. And a practical aspect of this, if the high priest, if you're defiled, now you can't do your job. 
you have to go through the Leviticus process of, un, of, of being Leviticus washed and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Because that uncleanness would keep you from being able to perform your job as the high priest. That uncleanness would keep you from having fellowship with the holy God. Because death is a result of sin. Now remember when Aaron's sons, Nadab and Valued, God struck them dead because they went into the the tabernacle and offered strange fire. I think uh, they offered strange fire. I think they were intoxicated and had a low view of God and went in there and they died. And God said, Aaron, don't grieve. Don't grieve for your sons. That's almost a picture as though God did something wrong. God didn't do anything wrong. You're going to stand for God. You're going to stand for God. Now we have the same issue. Is that you're, 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 you're representing a holy God. You're representing what it means to have fellowship with God. This is very important. You know, a lot of people don't have much thought about, you know, sin, how it breaks fellowship with God. No big deal. You know what I mean? No big deal. <laughs> you know, this is kind of a strange illustration, but I've heard of evangelists say, that they went had a meeting at a church and they took an offering form and they never sent it to them. The church actually stole the offering. Now you talk about a low view of God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You talk about an uh, idea that that oh no problem we can sin and have fellowship with God carry on life is normal no way. Is it, boy, you need to be very careful as the priest. You need to be very careful in your life. You have a very high calling. God is holy. The worship of God must go on. And it must be right. The priest and his uncleanness. No, not allowed. Not allowed because my sanctuary is holy and I am holy. And your job is to maintain a proper image of God and how high He is. Now, <clears throat> let's look at the offerings. Chapter 22 and verse Context, verse um, 18, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons and unto all the children of Israel, and say unto them, Whatsoever he be of the house of Israel or of the strangers in Israel, that will offer his oblation for all his vows and for all his freewill offerings, which they will offer unto the Lord for a burnt offering, 
Ye shall offer it at your own will, a male without blemish. Of the beeves, that means the beef, of the sheep or of the goats. But whosoever hath a blemish, whatsoever hath a blemish, that shall ye not offer. For it shall not be acceptable unto you, for you. And whosoever offereth a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish his vow or free will offering in beeves or sheep, it shall be perfect to be accepted. Hmm. The worship has to be acceptable. The offering can't be without blemish. Now we know in the days of apostasy, in Israel in the book of Malachi, they were, what were they doing? Malachi chapter 1. They took uh, one of their sheep, you know, blind, not much good. Let's offer it to the Lord. Let's offer it to the Lord. They weren't even offering to God the second place or the third place. They were offering God the last place. You know what I'm saying? Let's offer it to the Lord. No, it says... The offering has to be without blemish. I know a missionary family in Europe. Someone sent them some clothes. They were going to take care of the missionaries. You know what I mean? Sent them some clothes. Goes to the post office, here's this big box, clothes. And it's not like America. They had to pay this big amount of money to get the package. They open up the package, it's used clothes. But not only used clothes, but they got holes in them. They they sent the missionaries the clothes that their own kids had worn out and went wear. They bought their kids new clothes and gave the old worn out ones to the missionaries. The money they had to pay to get the package cost more than if they would have bought new clothes. What was their view of God? Giving God their leftovers. You know, a lot of people give God their leftovers. I used to be associated with Camp Joy, and people would always give their leftover junk to Camp Joy. They'd have a leftover junk car, give to Camp Joy. Leftover truck, almost ready to, you know, fall apart, give it to Camp Joy. Was that a blessing? <laughs> they thought they were giving something to God. My question is, what was their view of God? Let 
What was their view of God? That they're going to worship God with their leftovers. And so we have here a holy God. The priest has to be clean. He has to guard his light. The offering has to be perfect. The wife of the priest has to be a virgin when she's married. The priest... He can't even have any birth defects. Why? Because there's a holy God. And only that which is perfect can have fellowship with the holy God. And that's why Jesus Christ had to die for us. And that's why when a person puts their faith in Christ, they're justified. The righteousness of Christ is imputed to their account. And God, in His mercy now, looks at that person, looks at me, and looks at you if you accepted Christ. He sees us through Jesus Christ. That's the grace of God, isn't it? That is the grace of God. He sees us through Jesus Christ. Perfect in Christ. No blemish can get to heaven. No sin in heaven. You're not going to squeak by. It's got to be a perfect sacrifice. Has to be perf- we have to be perfected by Christ. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10 quickly. Verse 12, it says, By this one man, that's Jesus, after that he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Job was done. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Yep. That's day is approaching. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Perfected forever. Oh, you know what? We're perfect in Christ and we're perfect forever. Can't lose your salvation, folks. It's the mercy of God, isn't it? For by grace are you saved through faith. Now, think about the Jewish people. Think of the picture 
the priest, he can't go to the funeral of his neighbor. That's because dead person. He was God's man. He had to remain clean. People needed him to pray for him. The sanctuary represented a holy God. Every realm of sin was obvious. Priest had to be perfect. His wife had to be a virgin. The offerings the people brought had to be perfect without blemish. Hmm. This is pretty high standard. Now, by the way, <clears throat> let's make some application. I think it's pretty obvious from the Bible that this is a picture of what we would call leadership standards. Leadership standards. There ought to be a standard for leadership. I think that this also is a picture, um, an application of the sanctity of the ministry. And I believe that that is under attack with the new generation. The sanctity of the ministry. The ministry is not a place for fads. I see so many young preachers just following the fads of the hour. Oh, they aren't sinful, but they're fads. When you see everybody doing it and everybody fitting into that fad and they, oh, they justify it by something. Maybe even the Bible. It's a fad though. No, the ministry isn't um, a fashion show. Isn't a place for fads. It isn't a place to f test out new styles. No. It's a lot more sacred than that. A lot more sacred than that. How is it? What's the problem today? It's a high, the lack of a high view of God. You know, my Bible says that music you're supposed to play skillfully. You know what that means? That means you're supposed to hit the note right on the bullseye. 
Not cheap music. Not cheap music. Why would you be satisfied with something less than the bullseye? You understand what I'm saying? The problem is a low view of God. And many times it's because the people in the ministry have a low view of God. Probably 30 years ago, I went to this pastor's meeting. And one of the prominent young preachers in the, in the state, his wife was there, and she had on a sleeveless blouse. And I could say other things that I'm going to say, could say. And I'm thinking, if that's what the holy pastor's wife wears, what are the people going to wear? What are the people going to wear? Those in the ministry are supposed to try to present a sacred view of God. Not a flippant view of God. Yes, that ye may show the difference between the holy and the unholy. There is no question that the view of God has been lowered. How low do we want it to go? How low do we want it to go? And it's all about who God is. And you know what? It's all about the greatness of God's mercy and grace in saving you and I, sinners. Jesus put it this way. Jesus was uh, meeting with publicans and sinners, and the Pharisees and Sadducees had a problem. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> and there was Mary, who was wiping his feet um, with her tears, and... Uh, they said, don't you know that this woman was a, was a sinner? And he gave them this parable. He said, you know, there was two men. And one um, owed his Lord a lot. And one owed his Lord a little. And he forgave them both. And he asked the question, who do you think will love him the most? And they answered, the people that, the one that he forgave the most. Well, what am I trying to say? When people have a right view of the holiness of God, 
Then they have a right view of our sinfulness. When they have the right view of our sinfulness and the right view of the holiness of God, they will love Him more. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You'll be more particular. You'll be more anxious. You'll be more um, uh, uh, committed. You'll want to obey Him more. You'll be more committed to Him. If you see yourself as a sinner saved by grace by a holy God. But when people have a low view of God, it doesn't matter how much sin they've committed, they think, no big deal. I'm saved. It's almost like I deserve to be saved. And they don't, they don't obey God much. They keep on kind of playing games with their lifestyle. And that's a lot of uh, so-called Christianity today. Oh, no, don't make a big deal about obeying God. The problem is they don't have a very good view of their sinfulness and they don't have a very good view of God's holiness. For those who have the right view of God's holiness in light, and see themselves in light of that, they will love Him the more. And that love will be shown by obedience. You know, this, this problem is illustrated by... Um, a, a movement today in Christianity and it's the movement in which um, preachers wear holy jeans in the pulpit and they tell off-color jokes from the pulpit And um, um, if someone objects, their response is, oh, you're one of those people that are overly saved. Ever hear that one before? Overly saved. No, I think that they're underly saved. <laughs> they have a right view of sin. They don't have a right view of the holiness of God. He said, sanctify my house. Sanctify my house. The great application for all of us. That's the, that's the battle of the, of the hour. Who is God? What can you worship Him with? How do you, how do you, what do you think of Him? I'm sure the priest thought, oh, this God is so holy. This God is so holy. What a comprehension they had, should have had, of the Lord Jesus 
in His mercy, dying for you and I, the Holy Son of God. Study the book of Leviticus. Ponder its truths. We all need to have our view of God lifted up. Because that's the issue of the hour. The view of God. How you worship God. Music as well can either be a reflection of your view of God or it will either lower or raise your view of God. Whatever it is. That's an issue of the hour as well. What we allow in our life is a picture of our view of God. What we will offer God is a picture of our view of God. If we give God the leftover of our life, it's a picture of our view of God. If we want to give the best to God of our life, That's a reflection of our view of God. That reflection, that view of God for you and I, sinners, we could never have the right view of God if it wasn't for the Bible. Impossible. I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit, right here. This book. This is the book that gives us the right view of things and the right view of God. And we need to take its truths and let it sink into our soul. Maybe you're here today and you've not been saved. You don't know what it means born again. You, have a, you obviously have an interest in God that you're here, but you say, I can't point to a time in my life as I as a lost sinner called on Jesus Christ to save me and I was saved. Well, there's good news. That holy God, through Jesus Christ, did everything that he could to save us from our sin. And now it's up to you and I to turn to him by faith and accept his son as our Savior and Lord. And if you would, are a lost sinner, recognize you're a sinner, you will turn to Christ. Ask Him to save you. He will save you in His mercy. Isn't that amazing? And perhaps today the Holy Spirit is just kind of tugging at your soul. And maybe, maybe it's just a little tiny pride. But it's a beginning. And the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what? Um... Maybe your view of God has been polluted by a wicked world, by your past, by what you, but by maybe what you do now, your friends, your associates. And here is a big shot in the arm of who God is, and God is speaking to your heart.
Maybe it's just simply say, I think every one of us could say, you know, God, my view of you is not as high as it ought to be. My view of you is not as high as it ought to be. We could point to maybe one thing in our life and just say, you know, if I had a higher view of God, that wouldn't be there. And God is speaking to your heart. Might you do some business with God today? Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we thank you that you are a merciful God. Lord, we are sinners. We're sinners beyond our knowledge in some ways. And yet you loved us. You created us to have fellowship with you. You sent your Son so we could have fellowship with you by having our sins forgiven. And we could walk with you. And Lord, we minimize you in so many ways. I pray that your Son would have been lifted up today. And your holiness would have been lifted up today. And we would sense, Lord, um, the need of our soul. Lord, work in our hearts. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm not saved. I'm not saved. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I never saw myself as such a sinner as I did today. We didn't want to, you know, we're all sinners, just so you know that. But you never saw yourself as a sinner like you did today. You say, you know what? I need Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And you haven't been saved. You need to be saved. And you say, Pastor, pray for me. Um, I need Jesus Christ to be my Savior. I need to be saved. Would you pray for me? Anyone here today, just lift up your hand where you might be. I might pray for you. Okay, I see that hand. Maybe you're here today and say, you know what? I can point to a specific time in my life when I accepted Christ. But God is speaking to my heart today that I've allowed some things in my life. Or maybe just the fact is that um, the Word of God just paints God to be a lot more holy than you ever thought. And the Spirit of God has pointed to you and said, you know what? You need to raise the standard of your life. You want to walk with the Holy God in His mercy. You say, Pastor, pray with me today. I'm making a decision before the Lord. I'm making a decision because He's a holy God. He's pointed at something or, or a thing in my life, an attitude that ought to change. Anyone here today, God spoke in my heart and said, pray for me, okay. Amen. number of different hands. All right. Lord, now, you see the hearts of hands of the humble seeking, Lord, to learn, to grow. Lord, I pray in your mercy that we would love you more as we see you in your holiness. And that we would, Lord, purify your, ourselves, for you are pure. As we see your day approaching, bless your people. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. We're going to get sing a song of invitation like we always do because, you know, whenever the Bible is preached, we should be making a decision about it. And uh, <clears throat> this is an opportunity for you to have some business with God. God said something to you about something in your life. Maybe right there in that pew, you may need to make that decision. Maybe it's big enough that you need to really settle it before the Lord. You want to kneel here at the altar. That'd be great. If you're here and not saved, we're here to help you. Have someone show you from the Bible how you could accept Christ as your Savior today. Pastor John. All right, we're going to sing hymn number 70, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. Let's stand, please, as we sing hymn number 70. Glad that the Lord brought you here. We trust that the Lord will uh, use the Word of God in the days ahead. Be back tonight. Uh, uh, Philip be preaching a great message tonight. You won't want to miss it. Okay, let's close in prayer. Scott, close, please. Oh, Heavenly Father, as we consider the message today about your holiness, may we dwell on that reflect in our lives where we are in our understanding and our life as we consider who you really are. We only know this from the word of God, Lord. We thank you for the Bible. For this is our standard. And as our God, Lord, help us to live more like you, to lead holy lives, to make decisions that draw us closer to you. Oh, Lord, help us to take higher ground with you. 
and to live according to the precepts of the Bible, Lord. O oh Lord, your Holy Spirit, may you convict us, may you lead us. And Lord, if there is anyone in our midst today that does not know you, this may be the hour that they step forward in faith through your Son, Jesus Christ, because your Son is the perfect sacrifice mm -hmm. where we can approach the throne of God through your Son. And for all this, we say amen. We thank you, Lord. Bring us back tonight so we may listen once again to the Word of God. Amen.